0: This is the Kindeo Equipping
1: Podcast. So you guys know each other. You guys have been doing this for a little while now. Uh, this, is, this, this is a lot of fun for me. I, so I taught this class um, well, I did it four or five times, uh, like three times through Salt Company and then once for community. Uh, and it used to be called T.O.G. Theology of the Gospel. If he said if he said that, but uh, but Jeff's updated the book and whatever. So it was like interesting. Like I was like prepping for this, and I had to like go back to my old notes, and like they kind of overlap, but not really. And um, but I'm like I I think this is really good, and um, I've loved it. I've, you guys enjoyed. The class so far has been a good thing. Yeah. I
2: love the discussion
1: time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can have some of that today since we're just kind of sitting at a table. So <laughs> I'm sure the lapel mic will pick up most of it. So, um, how have uh, how have the surveys gone for you guys? Have you guys been able to do that, like the questions and stuff?
3: For the most part. For the
1: most part, yeah, yeah. I- I'm telling you guys, that's that's like the to me like the bread and butter of the class because it's it's like you learn about this stuff, but uh, there's something about like you opening up a book with people and saying like, "Hey, I gotta, I gotta ask you some questions. It's a class I'm taking. Do you mind just?" And for whatever reason, like college students or adults, it's like, "Oh, f- for sure. What, yeah, do you, so what do you need me to so answer?" So you you open know, it up with, "Hey, I'm taking that class." This exactly. Class. Yeah. It's just I think it's one of the the geniuses of this class where uh, it it just opens up the door for spiritual conversations and. Uh, I, I love it, and I, I typically try to challenge myself to do the surveys when I'm teaching the class. I, I didn't do this one. I should have gone out and done this one, but um, this is an interesting one. So the the one that you guys had last week was, how does God determine who goes to heaven and who goes to hell? So uh, were you guys able to get some responses?
3: No one wanted to respond to that one for me. Really? Okay. Not even the Christians, so
1: I know. Really? Yep. What was the responses you were getting?
3: I'm kind of busy. I'll get back to you on that. Oh, well. Uh, I don't feel comfortable answering that. Yeah. And I'm really not sure.
1: Okay. Okay. Dang. So both Christians and and non-Christians, they're kind of saying the same thing. All right.
2: Do you think they were Christians that really were saved or just?
3: Because then they would know, I would think. Two of them, they say they're saved. They accept Jesus into their heart, but it's hard to tell. Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm.
4: Anyone could
1: say anything. Sure, sure. Okay. How about the rest of you guys? Really again I,
4: I really didn't get the chance to really do the survey Okay. But I <clears throat> it was gonna be a hard one for me because of my I don't carry my book and I usually sure, do this sure. at work and
1: Oh gotcha. Hard, so. Gotcha.
4: But I mean I can I, mean, I probably went out to a grocery store, yep. but it's kinda one of those things. Yeah. That, trying to do it at a grocery store I because you know, I, I bet I was around Reed when he tried to
1: it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy will do it with anyone. Yeah. Okay. All right, no worries. Next time, next week, there's yeah. next week, right? You got one more week? We
0: got All, right. One more All, right. All
1: right. So how about you guys? Were you able to get in? I didn't
0: get the chance to actually ask these because I was still on spring break last week. So oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. to sure. do that this week. Okay. But I have had conversations with my friends in the past. Okay, and yeah. I know one of them, she, she thinks that, like, Doing good things and like you're mm. good outweighing your bad, and like, mm. that's determining if it gets right. you to heaven and everything. Yep. And I think she knows like where I stand on that because I've told her like what I believe and what right. the Bible teaches and everything, yeah. but I think she's still kind of like, oh, but like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to her. Cause yeah. Like, well, if you're good, then it should be fine. Right. So right. Right. I think right. that's more of the concept that she gets. So.
1: Sure. What do those follow up conversations with you look like? Like, how do you, how do you like, Take the next step in that conversation. Yeah. What's that look like for so, you? So,
0: I mean, it's my roommate that I had last year. Sure, and I'm living sure. her, with her again next year. So I think that would be good. But, I mean, the conversations, it's kind of like, it kind of just, like, dies off because she doesn't really respond. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping to yeah. have more conversations with
1: in the future. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like, it might be where when people are closed off to things, sometimes mm-hmm. the doors shut pretty tight. But even, like, every now and again, it's interesting how people, like, prop that door open for, like, a spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's when they do. You're like, okay, well, let's let's yeah. go down that path. Which and, I
0: think that she does because you can definitely tell that she's, like, curious. And, like, mm-hmm. I've invited her to SALT multiple times. And she's like, oh, like, I'm working or oh, I have homework. But yep. Yep. I'm hoping that, like, next year, because the two other people that we're also living with go to SALT. So I'm hoping that, like, when we all leave on a Thursday night, right. she's going to just, like, there by ourselves. So yes. It's like, hey, just with us.
1: Yeah. I love that. So I love that. That's I don't awesome. I think
0: she's closed off to it, but cool. she's definitely
1: very, like, hesitant. Yes. A lot of people are yeah. that way. I get that. So that's awesome. That's awesome that you're having the conversation. That's great. So how about you? Here.
2: I got one not quite sure. Okay. I don't know. And the other one I got was, <clears throat> well, I go to church. I basically try to do the, the
4: best
1: right.
2: I can to be a good person. Right. <clears throat> I don't sin, which mm. sin
1: but mm-hmm. you do sin. No, know, I
2: think they were thinking big sins. Right,
1: right, right.
2: And when I first started this, I used to say when I'd ask people questions, there's no right or wrong answer, because I wanted them to know they could feel free to say. Sure. I wasn't gonna like wasn't oh that's wrong. You know? Right. Like right. I wasn't testing their intelligence. So I used to say there's no right or wrong answer. But then that's hard when there <laughs> is a wrong. answer <laughs> That's you know? exactly and right. <laughs> Right. Church, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because what if that person then gets killed on the way home?
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And they didn't know the right answer. Right. So then it, yeah. it's hard to just, so do we engage in, if there, you know, do we say, well, really, there's only one way? So I'm asking you that.
1: Yeah. There's tactful ways to go about that, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: like, because.
1: Because you do, for me, maybe Mark, you can speak in this too, but like. I I love drawing people out, and and people people love talking um, about themselves and what they believe and their worldview and all those things. And and typically, when you really draw people out and what do you believe, a lot of times it, it can get them quest- getting get, get them asking questions in their own head. But but on top of that, it is it is an, an open a door where okay now 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 that you feel fully drawn out. We, would you mind if i share kind of just what i believe and whatever and uh, and that typically can open the door to that kind of conversation um, but it, at the end of the day you have to cross a line where you say like but this is what i believe it's it's a pretty like black and white type answer um, but there's ways to go about that where you're not shoving a bible down their throat and all those things they
2: wouldn't oh, i wish you wouldn't even you know
1: right right yeah you know, yeah and people Totally, yeah, and, and people, you know, shame and guilt can, you know, or saving face or whatever can really play in where people don't want to have the wrong answer, you know, or, or they want to be told they're wrong. Like, that's, that's a hard thing. And uh, and so even just, like, um, getting them to agree on something. Would you agree that there is a God? Would you agree that there is a heaven? Would you agree that there is a hell? Like, to get people in a, a, in a posture of nodding their head is, is always a good thing, too, I think. And um, it, it's just a... Uh, a way of, to 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 ultimately share what you believe so, what would you say with to that
5: yeah so i mean, i think starting with week 7 question if the first one you ask someone would be difficult yeah. because you don't have that relationship <laughs> yeah um, i think the whole point is allow the the bible and the gospel to be offensive and not your own actions yeah so like to me it's like you can i talk with someone and it's like you know the logical conclusion of what i believe is jesus is the only way and so that It's saying that that's wrong, but that's also a sad thing because I don't necessarily want that to be that. Like I, you want you have compassion for the person, but then also knowing if it's the truth, then the compassionate thing is to speak up. So Mm -hmm. you're really helping people see that you care for them rather than you're just throwing some truth statements at Mm -hmm. them. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and that's the big thing to me. Like. It is tough when you don't have that relational bank. For some people, you, you draw a bridge on a napkin, and it's like, all right, this is what's true of the gospel, and hopefully i planted a seed. For others, there's hopefully a relationship there, right? And, and like what Mark's saying, typically this isn't the lead foot one, although for some people it's like, if you were to die tonight, would you say with 100% confidence you're going to heaven? Like, I've asked people that question before, and for some people it's the wake-up call they need. It's like... I don't think I'd, I can say that. Or if, if they say yes, I, I, I'd say I'm going to heaven. To just ask the simple follow-up question of like, why? Why would you say that's true? Or what confidence do you have? And anything outside of, oh, because I put my faith and trust in Christ, is the wrong answer. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Or it's like, oh, well, I go to church and I try not to do these things. and it, Like any kind of that works-based language, you can start teasing that stuff out pretty quick. And so it, it's sometimes a question I'll ask for people in baptism interviews, because people in that Spot or saying at least I've put my faith and trust in Christ, but you can ask them this question like, well, what would you say with 100% confidence you're going to heaven? And and it's led to some interesting conversations. And I uh, tease out some of that works based language for people. And it's in faith alone in Christ alone that we're saved. So
2: I've talked to some of my family that had cancer,
1: yeah, bad stage
2: mm. four, you know, and they're mm. very receptive to that. <clears throat> Do you oh, know yeah? for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that when you die, you're going to heaven? I'm mm. I say. <clears throat> you know, I could die on my way home today. I may die before you do. Mm. But do you know right. without a shadow of a doubt you're going to heaven? Yeah. You know? mm. yeah. and some, some couple say yes, some say, well, I go to, you know, that thing and go to church.
1: Right, right, And
2: right. then they're ready to. Right? Mm-hmm. You
1: know, mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. S- scared. Holy thing. You
5: got to know the audience. Because, like, when I was in China, like, if you said, like, uh, what happens when you die, will you go to heaven or hell? If you ask somebody that, they say, why do you want me to die today? Like, yeah, you just right, have to, yeah you have to look at like what a person's thinking about before
1: right. You ask that. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> yes, so that's great, though. Those are all good questions. But. Cool. Well, that kind of leads us into conversation for today. Uh, was anyone here last week? Okay? You guys want to give like a quick recap of what was talked about last week? All right, that's all right. so response is the, the title of it right why our response matters mark was it you or nick that was teaching I'm this last week me. all right all right i'll get I'll, I'll let you have a your 2 to 3 minute flyover just a quick review of, of what last week yeah. was oh yeah we did the yeah
2: we did the um, fearful health desire or, uh, oh desire for love remember desire for love was at the bottom why and some of us said I remember that now because um, I remember mine was a desire for love at the mm. beginning why did, you, why did you come to know the Lord and accept the Lord mm. yeah. <clears throat> so it's what scared. attracts us to have those problems good. desire for love
3: mm.
2: and it does not compromise hmm
4: Truth. Mm-hmm.
5: and so we went through like how do we help recognize what people are looking for and mm-hmm. then show them how the gospel fulfills that mm-hmm. but then a true response is going to address all of those areas because right, otherwise right. when they don't have the problem anymore they'll walk away so really just right. the gospel addresses the whole life mm-hmm. but you start with what their need is mm-hmm.
1: it's good.
2: fear, it's good. judgment
1: yep that's great. Shame
2: and guilt,
1: yeah. yeah, and we can review and hit that stuff again today, too, if you forgot or, or whatever. I mean, we can, we can hit it again. That's great. No, that's great. Uh, so the purpose of today is, is this, is, is there's a reality for us as Christians where uh, we live in a kingdom that is here, but also not yet. When Jesus came, he said, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And and when Jesus came, when he conquered sin, death, hell, and Satan, you uh, want to talk about the kingdom of God manifesting, God in flesh, you know, he, he came. And so the kingdom is here. The spirit now dwells among us as Christians. And so that's a, that's a reality for us as Christians. Uh, but it's also not yet, right? So we, we live in this tension where Jesus hasn't come back yet. And, and, that, and that puts us in a unique spot where it's like, okay, well, we're not in that spot where we're in our resurrected bodies with Jesus worshiping in heaven. And so what does that mean for us today? So there isn't already to us as Christians uh, as we have put our faith and trust in Christ. Uh, you guys talked about justification, right? And so uh, there's, a, there's an idea of uh, we are declared innocent. That's true. When we put our faith and trust in Christ... We're no longer guilty. We're in, We're innocent. But it's it's more than that. We've been declared righteous. And so, did you guys do the thing where it's like kind of the three circles, or it's like negative and nothing, and then positive? Did uh, does Jeff in this book does he share the the kind of the courtroom scene? There's a there's an illustration I heard where, um, where uh, imagine that uh, you are put on trial and you are you're guilty for for what the crime that you had committed and the, the penalty is, is death for, for the crime you committed. And uh, you're, you're sitting, and the, the judge is looking at you, and it's very clear that you're, you're about to get the death penalty. And uh, what the judge in that moment does is uh, he says, uh, he gets off his chair and he says, I, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to serve this penalty for you. I'm going to go in your place. I'm going to serve the death penalty for you. Uh, and then you'll you'll walk away free, and 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 in that moment, it's like okay, so now I've just been declared like innocent and free, good to go. But on top of that, the the judge starts pulling out like his keys and his wallet, and he says, "And I want you to now own everything that I own. I want you to own my car, here's, here's my wallet, everything I own, my house. You can live in it, whatever. Like it is now all yours." And and so there's a, there's a component of it's like, oh, yeah, we've been set free. We are innocent, but it's we're also now declared righteous. So everything that, that Jesus has and who he, is, who he is, we're declared as righteous. We're seen as right in front of a perfect and holy judge, right? And so, so that's, that's justification. Now, when justification happens, there's so much that happens in that. We, we are now given a new identity. And so uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, does anyone know that one? you got that
5: one? I can do it in Chinese. <laughs> do it in Chinese. I mean, That's incredible. Yeah.
1: are
5: going to need a translator, Mark. Yeah. <clears throat> You're going <clears> to, to need a translator. Therefore, if uh-huh. anyone's yeah. in crisis and new creation, the, the old has well, gone, the newest come. The oldest
1: come. Go, passed away and the old, newest come. I knew that because I knew Chinese, and I was translating in my head as he went. Um,
2: do you know the whole Bible. Yeah. <laughs> you speak it so fluently that you
5: can... Uh, I know know the Bible better than I
1: do. That's a good thing. That's the right thing to learn. Uh, The old things have passed away. Look, the new has come. Um, This is an interesting thing, especially for for a lot of college students. I think the language of, like, you need to find your identity in Jesus is, I think it's a pretty big deal for a lot of people. Because we can find our identity in our job, in our reputation, what people think about us at church. like. A lot of our religious acts, like a lot of actually good things or bad things we can find our identity in. Um, but when we've been justified, we've been given a new identity. And part of that identity is we've now been adopted into a family. And um, this idea of ad- adoption is, is pretty awesome. I, um, Cameron, do you want to flip to Romans 8, uh, 15 through 16? And then Karen, can I have you flip to John 1, 12? Um, and and as you guys are flipping there I I think Packer says it in this book but uh, I'll see if I can just find the quote yeah it says if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father if this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and whole outlook on life it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all so Packer's saying, like, the way that you think about God as father or you being an adopted child of the, the Most High, that's probably, like, one of the most influential ways uh, that impacts you as a Christian on how you live out your life and how you think about yourself in the eyes of a father. And so, uh, so this idea of adoption, go ahead, Cameron, and just read Romans 8:15 through 16.
3: The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption. To, uh, sorry, I'm having trouble speaking. Your yeah. to the sonship. Yep. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was also kind of in that, that workbook section or whatever, but uh, we've been given a spirit of adoption, who we cry, Abba, Father. You want to read? Uh, John, it's one twelve. 12
2: Okay, I didn't get the last part. But, I'll find it. <clears throat> but to all who do not receive him, who do, but to all who do receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ are a child of God. Now, uh, there's a... The, the whole idea of adoption is actually pretty, it's a pretty familiar thing for us in our family. So we adopted um, my sister, uh, Michaela, from uh, China, actually. And, uh, and, and it's, it's been beautiful as I've grown in my walk with the Lord, and even as I've just kind of mused on Michaela being adopted into our family, kind of the parallels that I've seen in God's word and, and just kind of what happened. I, I remember when we first adopted Michaela and mom and dad, brought her home from China, they were gone for a while, I remember them bringing her back, I remember being in the classroom, and it's like, this is, my mom came in, she's like, this is going to be your sister, and I'm like, that's crazy, you know, what I mean? you see this picture, and so then they go, they bring back Michaela, and uh, I'm like, man, this is, uh, there was definitely like, okay, so she's Chinese, but she's part of the family now, this is how this is going to work, and it's been beautiful over the years to, to have Michaela be adopted and I, I remember doing the paperwork and all those things being a part of all that and uh, one of the beautiful things now is uh, I'll have moments this will sound weird I'll have moments that I forget my sister's Chinese like I, I just she's my sister right And it's, it's like there's just like a new identity wrapped up in who she is she's like no this, she's not like this Chinese girl that got like kind of brought into our family and kind of lives in the basement or whatever it's like no no this is my sister. And, and I think that's a beautiful image of like, oh, yeah, like we are dead to our old self. We are dead to our sin. We have a new identity as a child of God. And uh, Romans 6, one, one, of the, one of the chapters you guys read, uh, talks about we are dead to our sin and alive in Christ. And we are dead to our old identity as slaves to sin, and we are alive to our new identity as a child of God. And um, were you at uh, the fall retreat Last year, yeah. Okay, all right. So, when, like, Mark Vance. Yep.
0: yep. That that like still sticks out to me all the time. Okay, yeah. Mar-
1: yeah. So Mark Vance, he, he came and spoke at our fall retreat last year, and um, and maybe I can share some, one of your takeaways from it or whatever. But uh, he he spoke on God as the Father and. Uh, it was pretty beautiful how we unpacked it. And, and, and it's, it's essentially grafting into what, what Packer's talking about, where it's like, how do you view God? Do you view him as like this mean boss who's kind of looking down at you ready to like backhand? Or do you view him as like, okay, think of like the best godly father you can think of right now. It's like, oh yeah, God's like that much better than even like any earthly father you can imagine. And I remember one of his things is like, Mark's like, You know that, like, if God were to, like, pull out his iPhone, this might be a horrible illustration, but, like, if God were to pull out his iPhone, like, you're on the back screen. Like, he, like, the same way that, like, dads will, like, have their kids proud, like, and, like, I love my son, I love my daughter. Like, that's, like, how God views you. He's like, you're my son, you're my daughter. What was one of the takeaways you had from?
0: I mean, okay, so I remember. I, I remember him giving the illustration of a vending machine. Sure, yeah. But, like, I don't remember specifically what that yeah, was. But I yeah. think, like, the main thing that stuck out to me that weekend was um, the verse in Galatians that says, I'm no longer a slave to fear, mm. but I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That one. Yeah. And I just remember him talking about that for, like, one of the whole sessions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was probably the biggest thing that stuck out to me. And it's, yep. like, a constant reminder because yes. it's, like, there's no need to... Mm live in fear and live yep. in your sin and mm-hmm. be worried about all of this stuff yep. but we're his children and that's what
1: he sees yeah. us as so that was probably my biggest takeaway yep yeah and I, I was at a, a retreat I don't if you guys know the song and that's the song like I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God mm-hmm. and uh, we, we sing that over one another and sing it to our own souls and I was at a retreat where I got to hear the backstory of of, of that guy who wrote that story in the the dark place he was in, but just like the, this was like the reminder, the mantra for him. Like, I'm not a slave to fear. I am dead to my sin. I'm alive to Christ. I am a child of God. And so that's like, that's like the now. That's the already, right? So we, are, we have been given a new identity. We have been adopted into the family. And the hope is that we live out of that while we live here on earth. But there's also like this not yet because we're still not perfect and sin's still a thing. <laughs> spiritual warfare and, and the devil at work is still a thing. And, and so there's a couple components that, that's unpacked in this, this chapter that because we're in the not yet tension in reality, uh, there's also like, okay, there's some work to be done for us here as Christians before Jesus comes back. And one of those is this idea of sanctification. So you guys read about sanctification and uh, it's, it's, it's like one of those fancy church words, just like justification, sanctification, right? Uh, you guys now know what justification is. Sanctification, uh, one of the, the simpler definitions I, I have for it that I really love is uh, it's the process of you becoming more like Jesus, right? And uh, there, there's a couple components to it. It, it is progressive, so uh, it progresses over time. You become more and more sanctified, um, but there's also this this thought, and it's, this was in like the last TOG um, material, where or it's also a cooperative work. And so we are partnering, this is the language that I really like, we are partnering with the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit is working in us. I remember Shane in one of our uh, teaching team meetings um, saying something to the effect where it's like, I, I remember the light bulb moment I had when it's like that, The grace that saved me is the same grace that sanctifies me. And so God's grace in my life through his Holy Spirit sanctifies me and makes me more like Jesus. If it was only up to me to be more like Jesus, it'd be a rough go, right? Uh, So God, by his Spirit, through his grace, is helping us become more like Jesus. But there's also this component where it's like, and we're partnering with him, and and I remember Mark Aaron saying something in a sermon that I thought was so good. He, he says, um, the gospel is anti-earning, absolutely. We don't earn our way into heaven. We put our faith and trust in Christ. It's not anti-earning, uh, or, or it is anti-earning, but it is not anti-effort, right? And so there is a component of like, yeah, and we too need to discipline ourselves. Uh, by There's a book out there, Discipline of, uh, by grace, by uh, bridges, that's really good. But like by the grace of God and the motivation and, and the stuff that we're talking about, being motivated towards the gospel, um, because of God's grace, we, we work hard, you know? Uh, I think of 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, it says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so we are called to labor in the Lord because of what Jesus has done for us, right? And so uh, there, there is like this, um, this beauty of a cooperative work, and, and it's us becoming more like Jesus in the process. Um, and with that, <laughs> I remember being in uh, Stan Hayek's um, garage one time, and uh, and, and he was talking to a guy about purity, and I think it might have been purity before marriage and, and why stay pure or whatever, and I think this guy was convicted that he's like, I think, I, I think we need to be pure or whatever. And I remember one of Stan's comments, he's like, yeah, be careful going, out, going down this uh, rabbit hole called Christianity, because you'll just go further and further and further. And he's just talking about sanctification, where it's like stuff I, di- I didn't used to be convicted about. I'm like, like the Holy Spirit comes and churns my stomach, where I'm like, I shouldn't do that anymore, whether it's through God's word, through a brother, sister in Christ, uh, loving you enough to correct you, or you hear it in a sermon or whatever. Uh, It's just amazing how it's like, I remember when I was, um, man, I was uh, on salt staff, and I just had a concept of gossip. And, And in my head, what gossip was, was, oh, it's like, that's like what middle school Boys and girls, I I was thinking more girls, do, right? (laughs) Boys do it too. Um, So I'm like like past that, right? That's not true. Uh, Gossip, you know, uh, if you're not willing to say something to somebody's face that you've already said behind their back, it's gossip. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can categorize gossip. And I'm like, oh, we adults do that all the time. (laughs) All the time. Gossip's very prevalent, and I remember being... Uh, convicted, and and to the point where I, if I were like speaking uh, to Mark about uh, Cameron, and, and I and I'm and I'm talking to Mark, and, and in my head I'm I'm talking about Cameron, and I'm like I'm about to say something right now. Have I already talked to Cameron about this, or if I say this to Mark, will I go and talk to Cameron about this, or would I be willing to go and talk to Cameron about this? Because if the answer is like no, 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 I, I, don't, I wouldn't tell Cameron about that, but I'm going to tell Mark about that, about Cameron. It's like, okay, that seems like sin, right? Where it's like, I'm not willing to have that conversation. And I would just have those moments, like God would sanctify me. And like in that, in those moments, like I, I believe God through his spirit would just, I would just have that quick fleeting thought of like, would I say this to, the, to this person? And if not, like, I'm either not going to say it or I'll say it and I'll go have that conversation. And uh, it was just like one way that God sanctified me. And it's a little bit like, Guys, if you were to walk, if we were to walk into this room, you know, and and it was the lights were kind of off, maybe dimly lit, and this church has been vacated for 10 years, right? And you're like, wow, it doesn't look that bad. And then you're like, but you like start slowly turning the lights up and you're like, shoot, there's a cobweb over there. We better go like take that down. It's like, there's actually a spider over there and that looks like black mold (laughs) or whatever. As you slowly turn up the lights, you start seeing more and more things that you need to address. Like, that's what God does, I believe, in our life through sanctification. Like, he starts turning up the lights in our life where it's like, that's sin. I need to repent of that and uh, it, whatever it looks like, right? So, so sanctification is it, it's a, it's a beautiful um, doctrine that we need to, I think, be able to articulate as Christians, uh, that it's a, it's a progressive work, that we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, um, that there is a... There is a, a difference between justification and sanctification. And I think people can get this mixed up a lot of times, right? We're, and that's where works-based righteousness comes in. It's like, oh, I got to go, read my Bible, and I got to not gossip, and I got to do these things to get into heaven. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa back up, back up. Justification is a very—you <laughs> put your faith and trust in Christ, and you are justified before a perfect and holy God. Sanctification is the, the process. Now— um, Part of that, and we, we'll talk about this more as we walk through Hebrews, is like, well, if someone takes a dip and they're like, not getting sanctified as fast or they seem to like uh, backslide is a word that people will, will use or whatever, it's like, well, have they lost their salvation? Or like what's happening or whatever? And, and, uh, and it, one of the things i found, it's an observation, um, I'm curious what Mark would say on this, but I'm like, I, I feel like people's lives, because lives are messy, Sometimes it feels like you take two steps forward with people and one step back. And it's like, two steps forward, one step back. Almost like, like a stock market like trend, you know what I mean? Like sometimes there's some down slopes, but in general like there's this upward trajectory uh, of a healthy stock. Uh, and, and that's just, I think I, I found that in people. And sanctification is not a, because we're broken sinners it's not a perfect process. And, uh, and I think it's, it's caused me to have a lot of patience with people as I shepherd and minister to people. Uh, patience in my own life, in my wife's life, <laughs> um, my wife having patience with me <laughs> as I become more and more sanctified. But, um, but I think it's good for us as Christians to distinguish that the, the difference between justification and sanctification, get those in the right categories in our mind, and then just see sanctification for what it is. And so we'll stop there. Um, Mark, do you want to add anything to sanctification there that I uh, maybe missed or...
5: No, I think it, it's great where you're talking about that two steps forward, one step back. I mean, like, mm-hmm. the Bible has a lot of examples about pruning because there's a lot of agrarian things. And if you just think about a vine, if you just let it keep growing and it was a dead branch, like, that's not going to be healthy. So you need to cut that off. Um, so it's really just recognizing earlier in our walk that this is a dead branch and letting Christ prune it. I think mm-hmm. that's really what is helpful to mm-hmm. us rather than just like, oh, I'm going to let it grow all the way out and then mm-hmm. decide.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. Just good. What questions do you guys have about sanctification? Tried to add some color to kind of what the book was talking about here. It had that section on sanctification. The definition they give is it's a progressive work of God and man. I like to underline and. And man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. Um, And and in that, uh, it jumps down to, to Romans 6, that... Um, I think this is also another helpful way to think about sanctification. Uh, so you too consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. Um, again, we as Christians are called to be dead to our sin and alive in Christ. And uh, we are gonna partner with the Holy Spirit to become more, more like Jesus. So becoming more like Jesus and impar- be, be- Part of becoming more like Jesus is uh, considering ourselves dead to our sin. Um, and uh, this, is a, this is an interesting thing, I think, for some people, um, because I, I think people will be adopted into the family of God but still act like they're slaves to sin. Um, I, I remember Mike, Michael in a um, salt sermon um, sharing an illustration of a, so I think it's in Africa, they, they take uh, elephants, right? And mm-hmm. uh, what they'll do is they'll, they'll tie, tie a rope around an elephant's neck and, and attach it to a tree. And uh, so the elephant tries to, if it tries to run off or do whatever, it, that rope will kind of like tear at it and it like it's uncomfortable, like it's painful. And, and so the elephant learns pretty quickly, I, I can't like run away from this tree. Like if I try to run away with this rope around my neck, I, it's painful I, and I can't do it, I can't get away. And what they do as part of whether it's like, this is like to train the elephant, whether it's circus or whatever they do, um, what they'll do is they'll, they'll keep that rope around that elephant's neck. And although it's no longer tied to a tree, the elephant will act like it is. The elephant won't run her and won't whatever. And I think for Christians, that can be how we treat sin, where we, we are no longer tied to a tree. We are free, but we're acting like we're still tied. Right, and we're we're acting like, like that rope's still around our neck, and we're just we're not jumping into our full identity as a child of God, but we're still acting like we're we're tied to our, our sin, uh, slaves to our sin, and uh, and and I think that's a again it, it it does sanctification does also go back to our identity, and uh, we become more like Jesus, um, I believe in a in a healthier way as we more and more view. God as Father and us as, as His children. So, so yeah, sanctification. Any questions with that? You guys, feel good there. Uh, so that's that's one part of like the not yet. So already we have our new identity. We have adoption. The not yet. We have sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, and then uh, new community, right? And so that it hits that in the book. Um, and. Uh, I I think this is a great one. And I'm pretty sure next week uh, we get into, so culmination. I think the question actually for next week has something to do with uh, the local church. What do you think of when you think of church? And so, might get a little bit more into church Uh, next week as you you talk about those survey questions. Um, But I mean, Romans 12, 1 through 2 is is kind of what uh, Paul points to as, okay, now, in light of everything I just shared with you about the gospel, and on page 92, it has it, it, says, "Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the re- renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. There is a therefore now to our our new identity in Christ, in in the gospel, uh, and part of our new identity is we become a part of this new community. And um, I thought Cody's message last week was really helpful with this. Uh, It, to me, put a high value on the church. And um, we, uh, um, as a church, are... Uh, a body of believers who are professing Jesus as Lord. We, we um, practice the, the ordinances of the word supper, baptism. We teach God's word. We have elders and leadership. We, we do all those things, but, but we are called as children of God to be a part of this community. And um, I don't know why, if you guys are in connection, I mean, what your connection looked like last week uh, after Cody's message, but we just had a sweet time uh, in our connection group um, during the guy-girl split, we just we just asked the question like what what has sorry that was for the mixed group for the guy time I asked the question uh, or told them to to pick one guy in the room and just share how you've been encouraged by that person right so so meaningful time during guy-girl split and then we got together and I asked the question like what has this group meant to you in your life uh, what has this community meant for you this small family unit and uh, the answers were awesome just super encouraging and uh there's a lot of there's been a lot of growth for a lot of people in our group including myself um but but it just makes you wonder like where would i be if i was on an island right now relationally like if i if i didn't have this community and it'd be scary question i think for a lot of people and and one of the guys in our group who had recently lost his dad gave his life to christ this year his comment was, he's like, if it wasn't for Jesus and this group, he's like, I would be in a very dark place right now. And, and for our group, it was just like a moment like, there is so much value in this community, in this body of Christ. And, uh, and obviously Jesus and his saving work and what he's doing through his Holy Spirit. But, um, but this, is, this is what it looks like for us until Jesus comes back. I, I say that when you, when you look through the book of Acts, the, the church is like God's plan A for uh, redemption, for drawing people to himself, and there's like no plan B. <laughs> like It's not like, oh, let's just look at our options that we have. It's like, no, no, it is the church uh, that God uses. and um, uh, In the book, it talks about a couple different kinds of church. I, I want to hit those really quick. Uh, on page 96, uh, this is helpful language for you guys to know. Uh, I think there's a uni- universal church. Uh, it's defined as a community of all true believers for all time. Um, we're not alone, but share an invisible connection with those who confess Christ all around the world and with those believers from ages past. Uh, so we are part of a universal church. Uh, all the churches in the Cedar Valley, United States, and the world today, uh, people who have genuinely put their faith and trust in Christ are brothers and sisters of Christ. There is a universal church. That they'll call it like the Big C Church, right? Like... It's the the big universal church, and uh, it's for all believers of all time. It's who we'll be worshiping Jesus with in, in, in heaven. So there's a universal church, but then there's also the local churches. And in the next paragraph down, it says, Local church is sometimes referred to as the visible church. That is because it is the gathering of Christ followers that we can see with our mortal eyes. The book of Acts records the expansion and establishment of local churches wherever the gospel went out. Planting churches was an immediate and essential aspect of gospel proclamation. So, um, we're, we're reading a book right now as a staff team, and, and Mark, you guys recently read this as an elder team, I believe. But the book on church membership, and and even just like why is church membership important? <coughs> what why why do that? And and uh, and there's just been a lot of good eye-opening things for me, but. But to me, it's just put it a, a, like an eternal weight on this thing called the church and how we need to jump fully in to serve, to be held accountable, to say, like, I'm identifying with Jesus, and this is the community that I'm going to be doing that with. And, um, and I think it's really important, I think, uh, to identify what, what, do I, what do we value as a church. And, uh, and it's, a, it was, it's, it's always been a fun thing. This, whenever we hit the church with Salt Company, I, I'd ask the question, like, what what are, like, the top three things? Let's say you go graduate and go out somewhere and you're trying to find a church. What are the top three things you're going to look for, you know, in a church? And, um, you know, I, th- I think for me, years ago, I would have said things like, the worship's got to be awesome. I got it, yeah. The teacher better be engaging and, like, have colorful, colorful illustrations, like, like that type of thing. And I think my answer now would be things like uh, I, I would want them to be a Bible, believ- Bible believing, gospel believing, Bible teaching, gospel teaching church. Um, I now being underneath the um, authority of the elders we have at our church uh, and seeing elders, eldership in the scriptures and seeing it in a healthy way in a church, I'm like, the leadership of the church is a big deal to me. How's that church led? Uh, eldership, um, and then to me the other aspect would be like, is there like a form of like connection groups or community? Like I can do life with people, and they have something set up for that. Um, this is different than I think my past self would have answered that question. What do we? What do I value in a local church? And um, and I think that that's a it's a big thing for college students to wrestle through. But even just like, why do I go to here to Candam Church? I think it's a great question to ask and. Um, but but this is what we're called to, is we're called to be in a new community. Uh, it expresses itself in the universal church, but also the local church. Um, and we're called to do life together. So, Mark, is there anything you would add to that for us?
5: No, I think that's a great things. I think that, like... We also recognize that over time it is going to transition like yours did, and that, like, mm-hmm, don't yeah. just only look for one thing in a church. I mean, like, what Jordan is saying is, like, kind of, like, where I hope everyone is tending towards. But, like, mm-hmm. we are attracted to a church. Like, God is using that, so don't just, like, reject it. But, like, do seek to grow in maturity and mm-hmm. like, what you're
4: looking for. Yeah. The
1: thing
4: about it was um, once I was not, no longer, um, like, busted on from a church, the biggest thing for me was, um, someone who could for community, mm. because technically even when I was um, youth director of a church, I was the only twenty year old mm. in the church, mm. and because my kids they would graduate to go off to college mm. and then they would you know so mm-hmm. it was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like really hard and everybody else. Well, I have no community, and at that point, there people would be like, "Well, you have to be involved in our church Mm. to be, you know." And Mm. it's just like, "I can't go over to the sure." I can't come from this church and head over to another Mm. church that's got a bunch of Mm. thirty-year-olds,
1: you know, twenty-year-olds and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot in just the. Just local church in general. Do we hit? Do you know? Do we hit this next week? Uh, I can the hit whole it, local it, church.
5: Me
1: what? Okay. Ne- <laughs> next week. Flexible. I just I didn't know. I was trying to look to see like is this like the part where we really hit local church? And I as I'm looking forward like con- culmination. I think maybe a bit the survey questions for sure, uh, but I. Want to create space? If like this was like the the one time. We this is to.
5: where we do the local church, but we also have the survey question. Right, so right. like, ultimately, we need to know today what right. we think a church is, so we can help people with the survey question. Mm, yep, that's good. There was uh, a question in the guys'
3: portion of the ambush group last week. Does the mm-hmm. church prefer more people to go to connection groups and create the community bonds and learn the gospel mm-hmm. through that, or mm-hmm.
5: go to the sermons?
1: Mm-hmm. How would you answer that?
5: Well, we're gonna get to uh, later in Hebrews where it says, uh, essentially, do not neglect gathering together. And so, like, mm-hmm. essentially, the Sunday worship is unique in the sense that, like, it's great that people are building community outside of that, but like, we should also feel that same community within the Sunday service. And that, mm-hmm. I think it's a challenge to feel that because you're not actively engaged as much as you should. I mean, that's because it's a sermon, but mm-hmm. I really do think that. The, that's the proclamation of the gospel um, as the church gathered together. So it's very important. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't want to have a church without connection groups. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and even it's like, okay, if you're not in a connection group, some kind of community, right? It's like, oh, the days of the week don't work, whatever. It's like, okay, well, is there even just like another brother or sister in Christ that can walk with you? Yeah, cause,
3: that was the pop question is, if you can't make it to groups, do you try to make it to people... Just yep. hang out. Yeah, yeah.
1: Create the community that way. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which we, we, what we're trying to do here is like we got groups Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like we're trying to as best we can be like, there's options out there, you know, yeah, because
3: branch off. me telling them how many people are going to the salt company. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't believe it myself until
1: yeah. I seen it. Yeah. 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 I, I think ultimately, Cameron, to answer your question. It's like, oh both like <laughs> we yeah, we so desire for people to be coming on a Sunday morning and uh, not for like church attendance and like checking things off the list, but like, no, no, because you want to be edified by God's scriptures, worshiping Jesus together collectively. It is a very unique time to gather and then also uh, be in a, a group where you're going to be held accountable and uh, be pressed to love Jesus more, but also to love one another. Community is so important just relationally to I was a part of a thing yesterday, and their thing that they threw out, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They're like, uh, relationships isn't, like, the means to an end. Like, in Christianity, relationships, like, is the end goal. Like, in a lot of ways, as we think about, like, uh, reaching out to our community. Like, it's all about relationships. And so, um, so anyways, there's a both and there. Um,
4: I think, I I found, um, this was uh, not... Recently, but like a year ago, I overheard a conversation I rushed, Yeah, we were out um, with the, the at Village Inn, and you know, Wednesday night we the boys would go out. You know, guys would go out to Village Inn after service, and uh, we were out. And I overheard this conversation. Somebody goes, "Well, I don't. I'm an introvert. I don't really want to go to a, like a church. And I want to be. I don't. I, I want to fit into a large church. And one of the and." and like laughing because they're like uh do we turn around and say don't come to our church because you will because if you're an introverted you might feel very awkward and the person they were eating with says, don't go to the church over on the big hill because i went there and they make you talk and they make make, (laughs) it's just like do your part
1: yeah yeah well we, yeah, there's a desire to press people outside their comfort zone. We also hope that there's, like, yeah. introvert, extroverts alike are welcomed here at Hat Church. That's, know, there's a both-and there. So. We were just laughing
4: because we're
1: Yeah, like, yeah. that's good. I,
4: I wanted
1: to turn around. It's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, how would you guys answer the survey question? What do you think of when you think of church?
4: Community.
1: You think of community? Okay. I
3: also think community.
1: Community? Okay. What are... Some things that first.
0: Hospital.
1: Think of hospital. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. How about you? How would you into it?
0: I don't know. I mean, like, I first thought of community, but I would also probably say just it's, I don't know how to say this, but, like, it's good to just keep in check with mm. things, like, going mm-hmm. on in your life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's good to, I feel like as I, because I grew up going to church and everything, but I feel like now it's more, it actually means something. Mm. Like, I can get something out of it. so mm-hmm. like going and getting something out of it and, like, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, when is it that a group of people, Christians, come together? When is it just like, oh, they're just, like, gathering as Christians? It's so like, no, no, they're at church. Like, where's, like, a line there that you guys see? What would make something at church.
0: probably say when you can see like God working.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. God at work with the people. Mm-hmm. Okay. What would the rest of you guys say?
3: I'd say any gathering of Christians is considered a church.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. How are you, Karen? What would you say? Well, I was
2: thinking and a leadership, you know. you sure. have Sure, sure. Somebody's got to kind of driving the boat in a certain direction. Sure,
1: sure. Yep, yep.
2: And I used to, I came to Heartland for 17 years and they talked about small groups. I didn't really get into one. I got fed on Sunday, Mm -hmm. seemed like, and then um, maybe that was just another time through the week to get fed again. It's called a small group. Now I'm in a connection group. Just even the name of that is so different, Mm -hmm. you know. Sure. That you really connect with these people Mm -hmm. on a Wednesday night and like we had a girl in our connection group move. Well, we were there, mm. you know. She didn't have to beg us or pay us or, right, you know right. what I mean? We were yeah, there for her. Yeah, totally. And, mm-hmm. yep. the move. That's yep. what I think a connection group yep. Yep. helps each other, lifts each other up, goes through tough times with each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just go into church and sit and sing and you going to get help from the Lord,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and,
2: but you might go out and not,
1: nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going through that. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think guys, a um, there is a yeah again, universal church and, and local church. I I think for me, one of one of the distinguishing marks is um, that body practicing the, the ordinances together, right? I think the Lord's Supper and, and baptism um, through some kind of church leadership, I, I think is is an uh, important component. I've heard a uh, gosh in this membership book, this guy gave a super long like, um, definition of, like, the church or whatever. I'm like, I can't memorize that <laughs> or whatever. So, Mark, how would you define a church?
5: Well, it was interesting when you asked this question, because I was like, that's not how I'd respond. But then I realized it's, you're describing the universal church. Right, sure. It's like, it is the gathering yep. of all believers, as Cam is saying, wherever you are, you're part of totally, the universal church. Totally. And I was thinking specifically, what is the local church? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, so, like, as you're saying, it's the taking of the ordinances. Um, it's the proclamation of the gospel says so mm-hmm. opening the word mm-hmm. and preaching it, but it really has to do with coming together to worship as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that's unique to a Sunday gathering, but it is something that is different, yep. um, that there is a a role and a rule for how God wants to be worshipped in that time. Mm. I think that uh, uh, there's one thing that was we weren't covering. What is a church? I think also like what in that church membership book mm-hmm. that's important is like, Um, Our citizenship is in heaven. That's a verse, I think it's to the Philippians. And just really recognizing that we're here coming together. We have to recognize that we're a church. Like, you can't just have eight people together and it's like, is that a church or not a church? They have to recognize they're a church because they have to recognize that they have a task given to them. And that's to proclaim the gospel, to make disciples. So just um, eight Christians eating at Village Inn isn't a church, like, yeah, right. like, in a sense, but, like, you are kind of maybe the actions of the
1: church. <laughs> sure, sure, totally. That's good. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, again, it's it's helpful to think through, like, what, universal church, like, all Christians, all believers, and then, like, local church, you know, and uh, and I think, again, yeah, things like...
5: I'm not sure what the question's asking now that i <laughs> Yeah, I'm that's right,
1: what do you think when you think of church? Which, it might be vague for a reason for, honestly, a lot of people you're asking, so... So it'll be, it'll be good to just kind of open Pandora's box of it and just see. And, uh, and you guys, as you guys go into this conversation, just realize that people um, people can have scars from a lot of churches. And um, no church is perfect. We're not perfect, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, be tactful, careful, loving as you enter into this conversation. and But also be willing to draw people out as they start entering into. Because you might have some negative responses like, oh, this is the church, you know. And try to redeem that for people as best you can. So... Um, yeah, like Mark said, one of the, the main uh, purposes, priorities of a church is to proclaim the gospel. And that happens from the front of the stage, but that also happens with us, right? As we proclaim the gospel. And so I'd like to do something a little unique right now, or maybe you guys do this all the time or have done this or whatever. But um, I'd love for you guys to think through uh, your God story. And, and I'd love for you to think through like, how would I share the gospel through my God story? And I'll give you a very simple outline that you can think through. What was my life before Christ? Uh, what was my experience in coming to Christ? And what is my life in Christ now? So before Christ, being slave to sin, uh, what were those things in your life that you felt yourself consumed by or whatever, separation from God, all those things? Um, Perfect and holy God, sinful person. Like, that's that was your state. Uh, and then, what's my experience? What was your experience coming to Christ, you know? And that that can be a lot of different things. For some people, at a younger age, that was me. Uh, for Cameron, a little more recent, you know? So, what was that experience as you uh, repented, as you experienced forgiveness and freedom? And, uh, and what does your life in Christ now look like? What does repentance look like? What does sanctification look like? And um, so, maybe in your head, think of, like, maybe a minute each of those. And um, uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put us on the spot a bit. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna pair us off. And so if you two want to go together and then Jesse, you can go with me and then Mark, you can jump in with Cameron. And then uh, you guys can just have a, a timer with you and uh, maybe like shoot for like three to five minutes, like just share your God story. And then after, that, after you're done sharing your God story, have the other person kind of give you some feedback or thoughts or you know whatever, uh, and then you go. Okay, uh, so we'll do that and then we'll come back together to wrap up. All right, we can start bringing it back together. You guys, all right? Are What's that? it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. All right, you guys able to do it? Yep. Knock it out. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, a couple encouragements in that. Um, one is as you share your gospel, I mean, or share, share your story, <laughs> to inject the gospel in it. I think is really powerful. And um, if even just to just uh, think through, okay, Romans ten nine. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's what happened when I came to Christ. Or, you know, Romans six twenty three. Like those Romans verses are really helpful. Um, but any way you can inject, like, I understood that God is perfect and holy. That I felt the weight of my sin as a sinner, and Jesus, I, it clicked. Like Jesus saved me, uh, and and when I put my faith and trust in Him, and faith alone in Christ alone, I'm saved. And now this is what my life looks like. I think any way you can, this, any of these things that you're you're um, learning in this book that you can kind of pepper in throughout your uh, God story, I think is really powerful and. Uh, I, I've said it before, I think, for the front of the stage in that sermon, I was trying to think through just the simplicity of the gospel to just even think of, like, God, man, Jesus. And even just, like, I, God's perfect and holy. Man is sinful. We are separated from that perfect and holy God. That's the problem. The solution is Jesus. And uh, any way that you can inject that in, I think it's really powerful. And, um, and, and even just some of the language here, I, I guess I don't, I, I'm assuming he keeps the same kind of language, yeah willfully ignorant, passionately rebellious, condemned to death, like any of that language you can kind of remember from this class, I think it's really powerful, so so that's one encouragement, the second encouragement I would say is this, Um, sharing your God story is like one of the most powerful ways to evangelize, to just share like, like, I don't know all the answers, but I know Jesus did this in my life, like this is what happened, I think you're experiencing this a lot right now, Cameron, like I don't have all the answers, but I'm like, but Jesus did this in my life, and and uh, I, there's no other way to describe it or explain it. And so you tell me, like, I don't know. I love Jesus now. And, um, and so I, I think you're, uh, even if, like, people will say, like, oh, I got a boring God story or whatever, I, I guess mine's maybe not as colorful. I came across it at a younger age. Um, maybe Mark, you'd say something similar. But I'm like, no, no, never downplay the fact that you were spiritually dead and you came to life and, like, you're going to spend eternity with God forever. That You're an adopted child of God. Like, just never downplay it, never downplay it, and, and always be willing to share it, and,
4: I was, like, to, listening to what Nick said during the Advent, um, so, you know, those videos yeah, there, yeah, so.
1: yeah, no, that's really good, and, and that's, um, guys, it's just an encouragement to, if you can, if you have that opportunity to hear people on their story. Uh, anytime again, you can draw people out there. It seems like people end up being more willing to, to listen. Um, but then I think to have this kind of in your mind, I, and I do think like when you go overseas, they, they kind of prep you. It's like have like a two to three minute like your God story ready to go. And I think sometimes you have, you know, a full dinner at Pepper's to like unpack everything, and sometimes you don't. And so it's like you got to have that two to three minute version ready to roll. of Like this is what Jesus has done in my life. And um, so that would be my encouragement. So, um, Okay, that's lesson seven. Um, did you guys have any other questions or, or any, like, man, with even just the workbook questions, I had some questions. I, I think a, a good takeaway one for you guys, we weren't able to talk away about it here. But number six, um, like, what hinders your sanctification? What, what does sanctification in your life look like right now? I think um, those are fun things to talk about or maybe your lunch conversation today. Uh, or or whatever um, to think through like what does sanctification in my life look like right now and what hinders my sanctification um, so that that's seven Uh, next week what do you think of uh, when you think of church again I think this is going to be a powerful question for people you're reading uh, obviously in in session eight to come reading those things and then
5: uh, and next week is the
1: last week No, next week is last week. right? You can
5: right? come up with your own questions. That's exactly
1: right. Going. Just keep going keep rolling. They don't have to know it's not for
3: class Yeah, That's right. Uh,
1: <laughs> Got more that questions. Was a good
3: way
1: to yeah. Introduce yeah. It. It's interesting. You talk to SALT students about these questions and and they'll be like, Jordan, I'm telling you, they like <sighs> it'll be like Monday in our classes until Thursday, and they're like, What's the question this week? Like, <laughs> like you start asking some people consistently, you know, and they're like, okay, what's the question this week? Uh, it's fun when people start leaning in that way. I also like doing cold turkey ones too, where a little bit more of the fairway asks, you know. I, I like to blend it up, but some consistent, some where it's like, let's walk on the street, see what we find, and it's for class. Again, opens the door, so cool. All right, hey, I'd love to pray for us. Um, we're getting about to be that time, and so. Uh, far, thanks for your love, and. Um, Lord, I want to thank you right now for the good news of the gospel. I want to thank you that while we were dead in our sins, um, separated from a perfect and holy God, deserving of your wrath, your judgment for eternity in hell, that you sent your son and you saved us and you brought us from spiritual death to life. And I, I love the things we're learning because this, this doctrine, this theology informs the way we live. I, I really believe the, the deeper we go into these doctrines, the, um, the lighter uh, life and burdens and anxiety feel in in our life uh, because we understand and we get it that we have been adopted and that we are uh, children of the living God that uh, and it's not a, a father who's back and forth on good and bad and all those things you're a perfect uh, good father for us and so we're thankful for that Lord I pray that you would continue to shape all of us in a, in a way that when we think of you we think of that good Father, and one who uh, disciplines at times, corrects at times, but ultimately has uh, your glory and our our interest in mind, and uh, you love us, you care for us, you're with us, you're walking uh, with us, especially through the valleys, um, uh, the, the struggles. Uh, Father, you're not distant, you're intimately walking with us. Thank you for the good news that we've been adopted and that you're our Father. Uh, Lord, I also pray that you continue to sanctify us. Lord, I pray um, that there would be a cooperative work with your Holy Spirit, that we'd partner with your Spirit, and um, that we would uh, uh, work to kill sin in our life, that we would uh, repent of sin, that when you uh, convict us of sin, that we would be the first to confess and the first to do something about it, that that would be true of uh, all of our lives, that we would have that kind of pattern. And um, just need your help in that, Father. Again, it's your grace that sanctifies us, your Holy Spirit that does the work. Um, but Lord, help us to pursue you and run the race, uh, throwing off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles with our eyes fixed on you, Jesus. And, uh, we're so thankful for who you are, what you've done. Thank you for uh, this group uh, around this table to consistently come to Gospel 101. And um, just thankful for, uh, yeah, the things I'm, I know you're likely teaching them and um, even reminding me as I um, prepared for this is just... Uh, you're so good, and your word is good, and it's so fun to, to dive into these things. So, thank you for this group. Thank you for discussion. Thank, thanks for your love for us. So, uh, we love you, and it's in your sons' name we pray. Amen.